Hello and welcome, sorry for the delay. We had a few technical difficulties, but we are here and we are here now. I am Adrian Lawrence filling in for the great Nina Turner. And I'm excited to have a conversation with you all today because there is so much to discuss after this rowdy weekend. Yes, and definitely while you're out there, please don't forget to subscribe. You know, check out the live stream, send, share, give the love, and also give the love in the comments because I know on the break I'm gonna want to read them. And on today's show, well, we've got a lot in terms of calls for justice and the shooting of another black child. Also, calls for Jim Jordan to get his ish together, and then of course calls for what Clarence Thomas to step down. Yeah, a lot of calls going on. Unfortunately, I have called in Rebel HQ. Contributor Jackson White to help me. Jackson. It's good to be here. We got things rolling. It's Monday. The weather's beautiful. And we still here. You know, obstacles come our way. We figure it out and we keep on moving. So it's all good. It's good to be here with you. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Obstacles do get in the way. And unfortunately, we're not starting out with a great story, but one that is very incredibly important. Go ahead and check out this scene here. Yes, that scene was from Kansas City, Missouri this weekend when a massive crowd gathered in front of the home of a white man who shot a 16 year old black neighbor. And he shot him twice because the boy knocked on his front door. The boy's name is Ralph Yarl, and here's what we know. Ralph Yarl reportedly meant to pick up his two younger brothers at a home on 115th Terrace in Kansas City on Thursday evening, but accidentally went to a house on 115th. Street and rang the doorbell. A suspect who was not been identified allegedly opened the door and shot Yarl once in the head and then in the arm after he had fallen to the ground. Attorneys for Yarl's family say the shooter was a white male. And if you have not seen it, even though it is very much trending and a lot of individuals on social media are uplifting it, check out the picture here. This is Ralph, this boy here. He is a high school junior. And his teacher said his goal is to study chemical engineering in college. He also plays instruments and he is a prospering, bright, intelligent, great child and he didn't deserve this. The 16 year old was after he was shot, he was able to stumble to three different neighbors homes, but no one would help him. And the man who shot him would not help him as well. But he finally reached someone's home and it's our understanding that that neighbor in responding to Ralph begging for help told Ralph that he would help him if Ralph laid down on the ground and put his arms out as though he were a criminal while he sat there bleeding from his head and from his arm. And now we know Ralph is in the hospital and here are several photos of him here that have been provided for his by his family. And the road ahead for him will be long physically, emotionally, so much trauma interwoven in the fact that he was trying to pick up his little brothers and simply went to the wrong address. And as we saw earlier, the protests outside of the gunman's home were calls for justice. Because many believe that the shooting was indeed racially motivated along with also being completely and totally unnecessary. Police had released the gunman after questioning because we know under Missouri law, there is a 24 hour hold on suspects unless charges are filed. We also know that investigators are reportedly considering whether the gunman is protected by Missouri's stand your ground law, which is interesting because 
something like that would very much be a defense. So I would like to leave that up to the gentleman who shot Ralph to have to plead as an affirmative defense as opposed to the prosecutors doing his work for him. Meanwhile, well civil rights attorney Lee Merritt issued a joint statement with attorney Benjamin Crump. And Merritt tweeted this, there can be no excuse for the release of this armed and dangerous suspect after admitting to shooting an unarmed, non-threatening and defenseless teenager that rang his doorbell. Our offices have been retained to seek justice for Ralph Yall. We demand immediate action. Social media also blew up this weekend when people learned about the situation with Ralph. And rightly so, it should have blown up because again, we have an innocent unarmed black child this time who was shot by a white man for no good reason whatsoever, other than he went to the wrong door. And we know that people are raising their voices. We saw all sorts of celebrities tweeting it out and people raising awareness, including the daughter of the late Martin Luther King Jr. That's Bernice King. She noted this, hashtag Ralph Yarl. My goodness, let's be for justice, which is a continuum. That means the man who did this should be charged and we need to work for the legislative and heart change to prevent these tragedies. Indeed, because these are things we see too often in terms of gun violence, but also too often when it comes to innocent black people simply living their lives. And they should not have to defend their lives. And also, we shouldn't be put in a position where going to the wrong door is a matter of life or death. Jackson. Yeah, and you know, bottom line, the reason why the entire country is up in arms so quickly the way that it has been is because this is such a tragic and egregious situation that just plain and simply didn't need to happen. Um, I've experienced people knocking on my door for a variety of reasons. They could be selling things, they could be looking for things. I've lived all over the country, well, not all over the country, but I've lived and been a lot of places and things like this aren't necessarily uncommon. And um, you know, a grown man shooting someone who clearly is a kid. Uh, I mean, what do you have on your mind? Oh, there's this black guy who's standing outside my house at night. Let me just shoot him. I mean, could you possibly have asked him what was going on? I don't think so. If you would have asked him what was up with a clear mind, I think he could have very quickly said, "Hey, I'm here to pick up my siblings." Um, but you didn't get that. So um, all around, these types of tragedies happen so frequently too. Um, but I think one of the saddest things is that. One of the other reasons that people are so up in arms about this is because this is a different, a little bit of a different flavor of gun violence. We've become numb to mass shootings. Not that people don't care about them at all, um, but this type of um, this type of protest and people just coming together again is a whole new flavor of the same issue, which is gun violence and racism in America. Absolutely, and it just it harkens of Ahmad Aubrey, as far as I'm concerned, where. You just have a black person out just doing normal things and all of a sudden they're gunned down by white people. And again, this is a 16 year old child. You can't tell me that the man who shot him thought he was in fear for his life, especially when all he did was ring a doorbell. But I'm sure that is exactly what the man is going to claim. But then again, still you have to show me even in a stand your ground state that it was logical, that it was reasonable, that it made sense for you to assume you were facing any kind of threat of violence and danger. And for a 16 year old boy who rings the doorbell to come to your door, you can't tell me that that was violent in some way or put you in threat and fear for your life. This man was out to gun down a black person and this boy accidentally came to his door. And if just the presence of our melanated bodies is what harkens fear in these white people, that is just racism at its best. But my God, it is not any kind of rational or reasonable reason 
for us to be shot. And this is attempted murder. So please, if you're out there, raise your voice about this. If you are willing to, contact the local prosecutor there in Kansas City, Missouri. As I understand, it's at prosecutor at claycopa.com. Send them an email, let them know you wanna see justice. As well as if you have the means to help contribute, go to the GoFundMe to cover Ralph's medical expenses. Because we all know even if he does have health care in terms of insurance, it ain't enough. We know how our systems work. And so please do make a contribution. That GoFundMe has been organized by his aunt, Dr. Faith Spoonmore. I'm not aware of there being multiple GoFundMe's for Ralph Yarl. But if you do see one, it will say that it is organized by Dr. Faith Spoonmore. And that's how you know it's legit. So please contribute if you can. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our other story where someone has been contributing to nonsense for way too long. That's Clarence Thomas, that's right. We're learning more and more about his right wing friends, close family friends. As we know, just two weeks ago, news broke of a very materialistic between Clarence Thomas, a Supreme Court justice and a right wing billionaire named Harlan Crow. And we have updates, unfortunately, as more of the story pours in. We see this headline here from the Washington Post. Clarence Thomas has for years claimed income from a defunct real estate firm. That's right, yeah, so he is definitely out there. It seems to be cooking the books. The situation is over the last two decades, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has reported on required financial disclosure forms that his family received rental income totaling hundreds of thousands of dollars from a firm called Ginger Limited Partnership. But that company, a Nebraska real estate firm launched in the 1980s by his wife, Jenny Thomas and her relatives has not existed since 2006. That's interesting. And that year, the family real estate company was shut down and a separate firm was created. State and corporation records show the similarly named firm assumed control of the shuttered company's land leasing business, according to property records. But the kicker here is since that time, however, Thomas has continued to report income from the defunct company between 50 and $100,000 annually in recent years. And there's no mention of the newer firm, Ginger Holdings LLC, on the forms. Wow, that is so interesting. I'm just dying to know where is this money coming from? Because it really seems that there is something going on in terms of Clarence Thomas. And gosh, the last time I checked, Supreme Court justices and generally people filling out these kind of financial forms are supposed to get things right. Especially when we know that it's what Clarence Thomas who says that if you don't get things right as a defendant in your appeal, well, that's on you. Even if you get a death sentence, shoulder shrugs. So what is exactly happening here? And so let's also jump to the latest from CNN. Clarence Thomas, it figures he's gonna fix this by amending financial disclosure forms to reflect sales of to that GOP mega donor. Yeah, that's right. Because what we did find out last week is that, well, Harlan Crow, that billionaire happened to purchase a string of properties owned by None other than Clarence Thomas, check this out from ProPublica. In 2014, one of Texas billionaire Harlan Crow's companies purchased a string of properties on a quiet residential street in Savannah, Georgia. It wasn't a marquee acquisition for the real estate magnet, just an old single story home and two vacant lots down the road. What made it noteworthy were the people on the other side of the deal, Supreme Court. Justice Clarence Thomas and his relatives. Well, Thomas never disclosed that sale and it definitely seems to be a violation of ethics. And as we've now also learned, well, that property 
Harlan Crow went on to restore it and build it up. Later claimed that oh, it's because he wanted to someday maybe make it a museum of the second black Supreme Court justice to show where he grew up and lived. But interestingly enough, well, that Supreme Court justice, Clarence Thomas, his mother still lives there and she doesn't pay rent. So it sounds like it to me that they were using this as a vehicle to funnel money to Clarence Thomas by way of a sale that was probably grossly overpaid for. And then on top of that, to take care of Clarence Thomas's mother, something that Clarence doesn't have to do himself now that Harlan Crow has provided her with an incredible home and also she doesn't pay rent. Jackson, how does this smell to you? Uh, it smells like butt naked cheap fraud. That's what it, that's what it smells like. It, it smells like things that people on the streets do. It smells like things that anyone with access to it won't access and willingness to commit the crime uh, can do. I mean, it's really not even that uh, sophisticated or, or complicated. But the thing is, is that I mean, let's face it, this is beyond unacceptable. Clarence Thomas is one of the most powerful people in the entire nation. Uh, he's on a bench that has the final say for any type of case that goes down. If it fails in the Supreme Court, it ain't it, it, that. That's it. And Clarence Thomas has been riddled with uh, controversy since before I was born. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Like it, ever since he's been in the public eye. Clarence Thomas has been riddled in controversy. I didn't even know who his wife was or anything about her until a couple of years ago. And you know, the more you look, the more it seems like he's just kind of chaotic and really never should have been on that seat. Thanks to Joe, well, Joe Biden had a lot to do with that, but that's another discussion. Well, not really, but, but um, yeah, I mean, he's really just messy, incredibly, an incredibly messy man, and he's weird yeah. too. <laughs> no, no, and you know. George Bush wanted to act like he was doing something by nominating a black man to the courts. And the thing is, this man is absolute and utter trash and has been since day one. And finding out that he is abusing his position to essentially give billionaires access to playing a role in how the decisions are made. That's exactly what it reeks of. This is payment for access to power and decisions made by a conservative billionaire who essentially just raises money for other conservatives to suit their agenda. You know what, we're at an issue or we're at a point now where Clarence Thomas needs to be impeached. I doubt given the Republican leadership in our Congress that that will happen. But seriously, the integrity of the court has been heading down fast at a steadfast rate. Largely since the last administration had nominated Kavanaugh and also Amy Coney Barrett. So it's kind of like, well, what are they gonna do? And what they need to do is send Thomas packing as far as I'm concerned. But then again, we are gonna go packing a little bit ourselves and take a quick break, but we will be back soon. Welcome back, it's Adrian Lawrence filling in for the great Nina Turner and this is Unbossed. And I hope you all are the bosses of your Webby Awards because if you are, you need to get out there and vote. That's right, because Anna Kasparian's passionate rant about abortion rights is up for an award, so please. Go out there, support TYT, head to tyt.com slash vote to cast your vote today. Voting closes on 420, don't get too high and forget to vote. Also, we know justice is coming, that's right. Pre-order a copy of Jenk Uger's upcoming book, Justice is Coming, today at shoptyt.com and get an exclusive signed copy. That's right, an exclusive signed copy. You're gonna wanna get your hands on that. Justice of Coming, Justice is Coming gives an outline on the progressive vision and how we're gonna correct all of the issues that the country's currently facing. 
Progressives are important, part of the unstoppable movement. So, you know, get over it to T-Y-T, shop tytxcusemecom And memberships, yes, definitely get that membership on. Go to tyt.com slash join. Be a part of our community, help uplift it. That's right, your membership will help protect TYT's ability to protect against corruption, to cover stories that the mainstream media isn't covering and to uplift issues that are not uplifted by mainstream media. And if you want to get more of those issues discussed, we'll definitely go to the Unbossed podcast, that's right. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Hit it up, search for Unbossed, click follow and then rate it. Give us a five stars, we deserve it. And you deserve to be heard, so let's see what y'all got to say. At tyt.com, the member is Mountain Dragon says, miss you, Senator Turner. You hear that out there, Nina? They miss you. But so good to have the wonderful and beautiful Adrian to fill the great shoes of Nina. Great to see Jackson as well. Hope you're doing well, and thank you for starting out the week for us. Much love, thank you, and much love to you too. On Twitch, Steel Lake Bronson says, we love Adrian and my man Jackson. We love you too. Uh, Neon says Clarence Thomas has the personality of a Walmart parking lot. Uh, true, uh, more of a corrupt Walmart parking lot that might go ahead and you know grab your butt. But mm. uh, YouTube Super Chat says, "Aye, it's Jackson and Adrian. That's right, it is us, and we got so much for you, including talking about what's going on with these leaks in the Pentagon." That's right. So the Pentagon news broke last week after the classified materials were leaked online, and let's catch up to speed because it's. Kind of crazy. Well, the materials were posted to a small Discord group, as we've learned, and the documents contained a range of information. And some of it's pretty interesting. Classified information in the documents, including things like this eavesdropping on key allies and adversaries, blunt assessments on the state of the Ukraine war, and the young man who dropped them, which it's my understanding he wasn't necessarily out here doing an Edward Snowden as much of. Um, a let me show you how cool I am. That's Jack Teixeira, a 21 year old airman with the Massachusetts Air National Guard. He was arrested in connection with the leaks. Yep, that's right, they walked him right out of his home. Teixeira is believed to be the head of an obscure invite only Discord chat room called Thug Shaker Central. Yeah, this is this is some real big spy material as opposed to this is just a bro getting his bro look how cool I am on. Anyway, according to the charging documents, Teixeira held a top secret security clearance and allegedly began posting information about the documents online around December 2022 and photos of documents in January. Now the reaction between the right and the left has been very different in terms of these document leaks. Like Tucker Carlson who said last week on Fox News this. Said the only man who has been taken into custody or likely ever will be is a 21 year old Massachusetts Air National Guardsman who leaked the slides that showed that Lloyd Austin was lying. And yet tonight, the news media are celebrating the capture of the kid who told Americans what's actually happening in Ukraine. They are treating him like Osama bin Laden, maybe a little worse, actually, because unlike Al Qaeda, apparently this kid is a racist. Yeah, apparently this kid was known to post all sorts of racist memes and statements. And he was known as being a right winger. But again, he wasn't known for doing any kind of let's expose the government's corruption as much as he just really wanted to show the friends in his discord group that he was cool and he had access to very sensitive things. So of course, he decided to go ahead and post documents there, fun. Meanwhile, well, Marjorie Taylor Greene took to Twitter to defend this leaker to Shara. The gentlewoman from Georgia posted this last week. 
Jake Teixeira is white, male, Christian, and anti-war. That makes him an enemy to the Biden regime. And he told the truth about troops being on the ground in Ukraine and a lot more. Ask yourself, who is the real enemy? A young low-level National Guardsman or the administration that is waging war in Ukraine, a non-NATO nation against nuclear Russia without war powers. Yeah, that is a hell of a way to spend this racist uh, what jabroni out here sharing government secrets to flex, if that. Uh, you know, but MTG's fellow Republicans, well, they didn't necessarily agree with her, including Liz Cheney. She had to get in the action. She quote tweeted MTG saying, Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene makes clear yet again that she cannot be trusted with America's national security information and should not have a security clearance of any kind. I, I, I will definitely second that, it's really scary. But also what's scary is Lindsey Graham actually siding with him to a certain extent. Watch this. What they're suggesting will destroy America's ability to defend itself. That it's okay to release classified information based on your political views. That the ends justify the means, it is not okay. If you're a member of the military intelligence community and you disagree with American policy and you think you're going to be okay when it comes to leaking classified information, you're going to go to jail. It's one of the most irresponsible statements you can make. Yeah, I actually agree with Lindsay on that. You need to go to prison and you need to go away for a long time, even if this was just a way to, you know, uh, uplift the bro code in some way, Jackson. Yeah, I mean, this was an easy win for Tucker or Marjorie Taylor Greene or anybody else. And it just goes to show not only how unserious they are, but how childish and petty they are. Because why are you defending this person? I mean, under no circumstances was this a good idea, especially pointing it out like it's not like he was sharing secrets for like some greater cause. For another team, it's, it was just to show off to his bros, to show how cool and how big of a man he was and how special he was. He was just looking for validation. But yeah, I mean, defending him for any reason is just goofy and there's nothing more to say about it. Absolutely, and speaking of childish, petty and goofy, well, Jim Jordan is up to his nonsense with the GOP members of the House Judiciary Committee. Yeah, it's something that Jordan happens to chair. And the Ohio rep, well, as we know, he's targeting Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. Watch this. Let me be very clear. We are here today in lower Manhattan for one reason and one reason only. The chairman is doing the bidding of Donald Trump. Committee Republicans designed this hearing to intimidate and deter the duly elected district attorney of Manhattan from doing the work his constituents elected him to do. They have demanded access to the inner workings of an ongoing criminal case, information to which they know they are not entitled. They have subpoenaed a witness who used to work for the district attorney, whom they know cannot answer their questions. And they have earned a lawsuit that risks future congressional oversight as a result. That was Representative Jerry Nadler blasting the hearing that Jim Jordan called and moved down to Manhattan. Uh, so that they can try to what intimidate Alvin Bragg out of punishing Donald Trump or is essentially seeking prosecution. Yeah, this for CNN. House Republicans are seeking to make the case that Bragg is more focused on going after Trump for political reasons and addressing crime in New York City, a claim Bragg vehemently denies. The hearing billed as focusing on crime in New York, 
comes as a legal drama between Bragg and House Republicans has intensified in recent days. Bragg sued House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan and sought to block him from taking certain investigative steps, arguing that Congress doesn't have oversight authority over state level criminal prosecutions. Absolutely, and as I talked about in an episode for Overruled, the fact is there's this whole what like separation of powers between the federal government and states. And so for Congress to try to intervene in a prosecution by New York State or a New York, um, a New York prosecutor is absolutely absurd. And Alvin Bragg knows that. And Bragg's office spoke bluntly about the hearing, saying this Don't be fooled, the House GOP is coming to the safest city in America for a political stunt. And that's absolutely, absolutely correct. So, furthermore, Bragg's office also took aim at Jordan specifically, pointing to one analysis which found the murder rate in New York. City is lower than that of Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, where Jim Jordan is a representative fun. Well, Democrats on the committee, well, they called out the GOP's tactics. Take a look at what Representative Madeline Dean did, and she's a Democrat of Pennsylvania. And let me say, everyone, I believe everyone in this room has sympathy for the horrific stories, the horrific losses of life. We have great sympathy. Uh, We hear you. You are properly raising your voices. Don't let anything that we have to say indicate that we don't think you should be lifting your voices. But there is an underlying sham going on here. I know you don't like to hear it. Your voices are important, but two things can be true at the same time. We are not properly here. It is not our jurisdiction to oversee or to interfere with an independent district attorney's office. Yes, it sounds like Representative Dean didn't miss that day in law school when they talked about separation of powers. Unfortunately, neither did Representative David Cislein, because he was especially quick to call out the GOP's hypocrisy on holding a hearing on crime. Watch. Gun violence is now the leading cause of death of children in America and kills 40,000 Americans a year. Yet my colleagues vote repeatedly against even the most common sense gun violence prevention measures. They vote against getting assault weapons off the streets, despite the previous assault weapons ban that drastically reduced gun violence. They vote against alerting people to active shooters. They vote against safe storage and red flag laws. They vote against community-based crime prevention programs. They vote against background checks. And the list goes on and on. Yeah, it is readily transparent, if not palpable, how much the GOP is really there in Manhattan to try to intimidate Bragg as opposed to actually doing its job, which would hopefully be instituting some sensible gun reform. Jackson. You know, all this for Donald Trump. And and that's what kills me on and on. It's like on a day to day basis, week to week basis, Trump's power over the party just continues to be more solidified. I mean, it's not like it ever really went anywhere, but a lot of people really saw a scenario where, no, Trump's gonna get arrested and the base is just gonna move away from him and we'll be able to move on to brighter pastures. But that hasn't happened. I mean, Donald Trump, a game show host, a man who wasn't even in politics in any type of office until 2016 whatsoever, has done all of this to the Republican Party. And it's not as if the GOP was like doing grand, amazing things before he came along. 
But if anything else shows that they have absolutely no plans, it has to be this. You know, they spent so many years talking about what they was going to do to replace the Affordable Care Act. Trump gets in office, they do absolutely nothing. And they're still defending this man, well, because it's the Democrats versus the Republicans. But I mean, like the more the more that this drags on, it's interesting because all despite all the indictments, the court cases, anything that happens, there's really not much going on. Trump is still the leader of the Republican Party. And Biden's still pretty much just gonna waltz into a second term more likely than not. Like not much really is going on despite all the chaos. It's just a stalemate. See now I hope Biden waltzes is into a second term if we have to have Biden as a Democratic nominee. If we have to, if we have to. If we have to, exactly. But at the same time, I'm also realizing that what Jim Jordan is doing here is trying to rally up his base in terms of Trump's base there in Ohio, knowing it's a swing state and trying to look like he is pro Trump, even though he knows that the GOP does not want Trump leading the ticket. They want Ron DeSantis. But if at least it can appear that the GOP is backing Trump in some way, when Trump doesn't end up getting the nominee, at least hopefully the GOP hopes that they can still keep a nice percentage of Trump's base on their side to continue to vote Republican. Exactly, no, it's like there needs to be Oscars, Tonys, Grammys issued for all of the performances that the GOP is putting on. Cuz that's essentially what we're seeing here and it's completely and totally nonsense. And what's also nonsense in terms of a performance is what Fox News is about to do before a jury in Delaware. Fox News is in a situation now where today its trial was supposed to start in the defamation claims brought by Dominion Voting Systems. Claiming that Fox defamed it when it allowed so many of its hosts as well as commentators to claim that Dominion Voting had helped in some way in terms of defrauding voters and stealing the 2020 presidential election. Well, Fox News' trial was supposed to kick off today, but it did not because a judge opted to delay it for a day. But that doesn't mean that the $1.6 billion defamation claim is gonna go anywhere. Yeah, that's right. And also, Fox isn't in a good position. They're trying to wiggle themselves out of some legal trouble because Judge Eric Davis was none too pleased with a number of the things Trump, or excuse me, I will, well, I guess we can say Trump's little Fox News folks are doing. Check this out from ABC News with some updates. So, the Wall Street Journal, publication owned by Fox chairman Rupert Murdoch, reported Sunday night that Fox had made a late push to settle the dispute out of court, according to people familiar with the decision. Jury selection in the case began on Thursday and was scheduled to continue on Monday with opening arguments scheduled for Monday afternoon. Under the new schedule, jury selection is expected to resume on Tuesday morning. And in case you do kind of plan to follow this, it should be pretty interesting because we do not necessarily know whether Fox is going to try to sell this, but we do know that we don't want Dominion voting to settle at all. No, we don't because this is an important First Amendment case. Of course, also it's one in which we can actually hold Fox News accountable. Well, of course, there is no evidence really to support Fox News's theories that they were pushing in terms of Dominion voting, helping uh, helping Joe Biden steal the 2020 presidential election. And that was really also according to Fox and Trump campaign staffers, because check out this audio that was originally attained by MSNBC. Are any of the machines, I know it was on War Room the other day with Steve Bannon, have any of the machines been looked at? He had said that one was looked at in Georgia. I'd have to check on that in terms of Georgia. I know during the audit they did check on those machines. If we just go off the record for one sec here. Yeah, Chip Clark. Um, I, I, want, I don't want us to say it if it's not. That's why we're yeah, checking. I would, I would, I would, 
I think they have looked at the machines. Uh, when, the, when the Secretary of State did its audit, uh, there, there was a lot, I think, a fair bit of looking at the machines. Um, you know, the audit came in pretty darn close to what the machine count was with the receipts. So, you know, I don't know the outcome of those, but our understanding, again, this is from the Secretary of State's office, was that there weren't any physical issues with machines on those inspections. Yeah, so Fox News knew well into it that there was no legitimate basis for claiming that Dominion voting rigged the election in any way or that its machines were not functioning. So that $1.6 billion claim seems pretty damn legit. And all the evidence is definitely leaning toward Fox's guilt. I don't know how they're gonna get out of it. But of course, Rudy Giuliani, Trump's favorite attorney, seems to think he has all the answers. Wouldn't be surprised if Fox News tries to claim that they were misled by these comments that Rudy Giuliani made as a Trump representative. But I think it'll come down to journalistic standards and the fact that you're not necessarily supposed to go on some kind of lead where somebody says, well, I can't prove it, I'm just speculating. Like, get out of here with that. If so, you're supposed to know that the person is completely speculative. Anyway, we know Fox News hasn't necessarily been the best when it comes to journalism. And apparently, it seems that they haven't been the best as it comes to actually telling the truth. Yeah, and the judge called him out on it. So for months, Fox had been the mouthpiece for Trump and his election deniers. And it really started with the top in terms of Rupert Murdoch. Check this from Vox. Fox is also facing blowback for trying to minimize the role of Rupert Murdoch, who chairs Fox News's parent company. Earlier this month, the company's lawyers admitted that Murdoch is also an officer at Fox News, despite the fact that they previously insisted he had no official title at the company. Dominion argues that it was consequently deprived of an opportunity to seek more documents related to Murdoch as part of the discovery in the case. And that is absolutely true in terms of Dominion being at a loss here. And the court recognized that and issued sanctions against Fox News last week. And also, as we know yesterday, well, Fox News' attorneys apologized to the court, saying, I'm incredibly sorry. Um, and that we will be more forthright moving forward, which is interesting since it's literally the eve of trial. Uh, and of course, there are so many other issues for Fox. The troubles really don't stop with the minion voting. Yeah, peep this headline from The Guardian. Fox News is bracing for more turbulence as second defamation lawsuit advances. Yeah, that's right. Because New York court has greenlit the 27 or $2.7 billion suit against uh, the news channel that was filed by another election company, Smartmatic over the 2020 presidential election lies. We also know that last weekend, or the weekend before last, well, Fox News settled with another gentleman who was wrapped up in those lies. 
that had been told. And I believe that gentleman was seeking about $250 million. So Fox News is in a very precarious position. Also, they have been sued by their shareholders too for orchestrating all these lies with regard to the election and pretty much basically mishandling the funds there because now they're gonna have to deal with all these lawsuits. It's not a good look, but what Rupert Murdoch is 92, one foot in the grave, what does he care? He's gonna have a good time either way. Jackson, how do you think this is gonna shake out? Yeah, I don't think he he's personally too worried about it. He's gonna pass the stress on to his descendants. But um, I agree, I think that this is gonna be a very difficult situation, legal situation for Fox News to wriggle their way out of, because how can they? I mean, they just flat out lied. They didn't have any evidence, they just decided to go with the narrative because it's what the base wanted to hear. And this is a really good example of why the Republican Party has such a hard time turning on Donald Trump. Because in order to do that, they have to do a complete 180 on everything that they've been doing since he was in office in terms of what they have said has happened. They're gonna have to turn around and say, actually Trump lost. They're gonna have to turn around and say, actually Trump did this, Trump did that. Actually it is true, he does con people, he didn't pay anybody. You know, They're gonna have to really do that in order to stick it to him, which would in turn condemn themselves. But yeah, I mean, I really, how can they, what reason is there really for Fox News to get out of such a thing like this? Uh, favors for who? Like, who is it really going to benefit? So, yeah, I think that they're going to have to pay up 100%. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I really don't know what they thought they were gonna get out of this. Yeah, sure, yeah. having another Republican in the White House could be fun. But the reality is if you have a Democrat, you still muster up controversy. That's how they end up getting their base so big to begin with, all the attacks on Obama. So it's kind of like, why would you risk all of your money and your income to tell these lies? Now you're gonna face suit after suit. And I get it that they're a multi-billion dollar outlet at the same time. This could sink you, it could, it would take years, but it could ultimately sink you, especially because malice is the standard here. And so you're gonna end up with juries in New York as well as Delaware, which aren't really you know, that Republican friendly, deciding how much you should have to pay as a punishment for the lies that you told. Like that, why put yourself in that position? But again, as I said, Rupert Murdoch, I believe he's about 92, you don't care. <laughs> He's not going to be alive when all this ends and settles. So, mm -mm. any last thoughts, Jackson? Um, again, I think that what's been really interesting about all this is, despite all the chaos, really not much is going on legislatively in terms of who's taking what party, in terms of who's stepping in, into what leadership. But you know, in terms of this story, yeah, I don't really see why they did this, other than being hyper focused on short term gain, short term, uh, short term ratings and stuff like that. There's no other good reason for them to have ran with this lie, because as you pointed out, there's constant elections, there's midterms all the time, there's state and local elections, there's new presidential elections. So ultimately, this just was just flat out stupid. It just was a very very stupid path to take. And even though they are a multi billion dollar um, uh, corporation at the end of the day, corporations are loaded with debt. They, you know what I'm saying? And a billion dollars is a billion dollars. And they probably ain't got it liquid. So they're gonna have to make payments on that. And that's gonna mean that they're at, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not a good situation to be in uh, whatsoever. But they, it's the bed they made for them. So we should just all grab the popcorn and enjoy the show. And I kind of wonder <laughs> if they're gonna pull like a Johnson and Johnson and try to do the bankruptcy bid and then shell into another company. 
I don't know, but I know it's shady and I really hope that their comeuppance come up and slap them right in the damn face. But I wanna thank you so much for joining me, Jackson. Other than Rebel HQ, where can the folks find you? You can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash at politics and paper. Actually, I did a stream in my new studio earlier today. So yeah, check me out, politics and paper on YouTube. And other than that, like she mentioned, you can check me out on Rebel HQ Monday through Friday. All right, I can dig it. Thanks so much. We're gonna have to check out that new studio. And I am Adrian Lawrence, again, filling in for Nina Turner. Thank you so much for joining me. And you're gonna have to catch my commentary on Rebel HQ. And with this Dominion voting defamation trial coming up, I think I might have a lot to say. So thanks so much for watching and see you soon. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.